But like I said, you know, in preparation and leading up to Easter, it's been good to me, the Holy Ghost, and to Pastor Mark that the next two Wednesday nights we talk about the blood. And so the title of my message tonight, actually Jane helped me with the title because I taught on the blood a lot. And um, she gave helped me with a, a new title. But I was thinking, you know, sometimes you say, well, I've already taught that. But I remember what Brother Hagen used to say, our spiritual father. Well, you know, I may have eaten a, a T-bone steak a couple of weeks ago, but you know what? I'm going to go eat another one today so just might cook it up a little bit different or or you know i've had i like potatoes i like potatoes a lot i've had mashed potatoes i've had baked potatoes i don't get hungry i've had hash brown potatoes you know a gratin potatoes you can take the same potato and do a lot of different things with it so tonight i'm just trusting that the holy spirit will help us go in the direction that we need to go tonight in talking about the blood of Jesus. So obviously, before Jesus resurrected, like we already said, he died on the cross and he shed his precious blood for us. If there had been any other way, the Father would have taken it. If there had been an option for Jesus to be delivered from the agony of the cross and going into the pit of hell for three days, they, they would have said, let's do, let's take option B. But there was no other way. And Jesus, he sensed in his, in his soul, his emotions, he knew in his spirit, and even his physical body felt the agony of what was facing him on the cross. And we can see this described very vividly, particularly in the Gospel of Luke when Jesus was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. And it reflects that agony that he was going through. In Luke 22, verse 41 through 44, I'll read it out of the New King James. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and he prayed saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And then it says, an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. He had to be strengthened supernaturally to carry out what lay ahead of him. And he being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Then he, his sweat became great drops of blood falling down to the ground. I've heard some Bible scholars say that the reason that uh, blood was pouring out of his pores like sweat was because his heart was broken. His heart had literally probably already burst from the weight of the sin that he was going to carry and was carrying for us. The Bible says this about what he went through. Another passage, it says, while he was hanging on that cross, that he could have called 10,000 angels to deliver him. The Bible we just read said that God already sent an angel 
and strengthen him. And you know he could have talked to that angel and said, I don't want to do this. Go get, go get Gabriel and the whole gang and let's do something different. Deliver me. We know that it was not just nails that held him to the cross. It was much, much more than that. It was his love. He stretched out his arms on that cross, symbolizing, this is how much I love you. And this is what I'm going to let them do to me because I love you. It wasn't the nails. It was his love. It was him looking down through the eons of time and seeing Pastor Tom's face and seeing May's face and Montgomery's face and your face and saying, I'm doing this for Tony. I'm doing this for Alexandria. Oh, I think he deserves another praise. That's how much that he loves us. There was no other way. The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no remission for sin. And up to the point before Jesus died, they had to sacrifice animals. We won't go into all of that. You guys look pretty scholarly. You're you're in the you're in the real smart class for sure. So, you know, you're, you're blessed. You understand these things. But the blood of animals, and it had to be the best animal. It had to be a perfect spotless lamb with no blemish. They had to find the best one. They couldn't get the weak, lame, you know, the one that had all these skin disease kind of lamb. No, it had to be the best looking one. It had to be the favorite, probably of the kids. It had to be fluffy. Fluffy had to go and be sacrificed. And the blood of this beautiful, precious lamb, all it could do was cover the sins of the people for a certain period of time. But it had to be made, they had to continually make sacrifices. But the blood of Jesus, it does not cover our sins. It removes our sins. Hallelujah. It carries them away. So we are going to make much of the blood. Billy Brim always says this, make much of the blood and the blood will make much of you. I truly believe we need to hear more sermons on the blood. We need to sing more songs about the blood. We do good here, but in some churches they never even mention the blood of Jesus. Not here. We're going to make much of the blood. Some of you are probably like me and you grew up in church singing a lot of songs about the blood. How many remember Andre Crouch's song, The Blood Will Never Lose Its Power? How about this one? There's power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. And then the title for this message comes from this one. There's nothing, nothing but the blood 
of Jesus. So I googled about that old hymn today. It was written in 1876. Think of the anointing and the unction and the guy that wrote that. They were at a camp meeting somewhere on the east coast of of our country when this man got this song from heaven. Songs from heaven will stand the test of time. The anointing, I mean the style, the tunes may change, but the anointing is the same. And I got blessed. You can go on YouTube and you can hear, you know, old gospel quartets and people singing these old hymns. And I love it because they're still anointed. But listen to some of the words to this one. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And in the chorus, oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What in the world? I got some old timers in here with me. Woo! <laughs> then listen to a couple more of these verses because I love them. There's like five, but for my pardon, this I see nothing but the blood of Jesus. For my cleansing, this my plea, nothing but the blood of Jesus. And then this one, I, this one got me happy today. This is my hope and peace. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. This is all my righteousness. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Our hope is in Him and His blood, our peace. He has granted us peace and access to the Father through the wonderful precious blood. There's another one. Are you washed? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Hallelujah. I feel like we ought to have old gospel sing-along night or something. These are wonderful things for us to remember. Hallelujah. Oh, oh, the blood of Jesus. This is my peace. This is my righteousness. And I love how he he said this. For my pardon, this I see. For my cleansing, this I plead. It is not of our own works. It's not by how good we are that we are born again. Oh, it's by grace and it's through faith in the work of the blood of Jesus. We could never make ourselves good enough. We could never make ourselves in right standing. And that's what righteousness is. Right standing with God. 
think of it. Because of the blood, we can stand before the throne room of God, the throne of grace, without the sense of guilt or condemnation. We can draw, draw nigh because we know I'm under the blood. There's another one. I'm under the blood. I'm under the blood. The precious cleansing, saving, keeping blood. Woo! This is all my righteousness. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Well, you can. You can preach old hands, PT. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. And get blessed, blessed, blessed in the process. We're going to look at some of the aspects of the blood tonight and what it does in the life of the believer. First of all, I want to just declare this because the Bible says it. Even in the natural, the life there's, is in the blood. Leviticus 17, 11, 4. The life of the flesh is in the blood. And I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes atonement for the souls. The life of the flesh is in the blood. If somebody has a terrible accident, God forbid, but you know, something is amputated and then they say, you know, they bleed out. What does that mean? When your blood is gone, life is gone. You can't live without blood. The life is in the blood. That's true in the natural. But Jesus' blood wasn't just natural blood. You might know this, but babies get their blood type from their daddies. My dad was A negative, and guess what? I'm A negative. It wouldn't be good if I wasn't. Oh, you are too? Well, good. If you, hey, Kathy, if I ever need blood, I'll hook, hook me up. Okay, there we go. All right, we're good. <laughs> but it's true. Babies get their blood type from their fathers. Jesus' blood did not come from Joseph. Jesus' blood came from his father. Woo-hoo-hoo! You know, people are really into, well, let me send in a little sample of blood or whatever and let me find out my DNA and my, my family history and my ancestry. You know, I'm not sure about all of that. Pastor and I haven't done that because I'm a little bit concerned if I get too far in my family tree, all it's going to reveal is a bunch of nuts and I don't really want to, you know. Anyhow, but think about this. Jesus' blood came from his father. I'd like to send a drop of Jesus' blood to ancestry.com and let them try to figure out, whoo, where did this blood come from? Hallelujah. And guess what? When we get born again, his royal blood is flowing in our veins. 
If you've got any kind of issue with your blood, you need to just confess that. Oh, no. my I got Jesus' blood in me. Woo! I got royal blood flowing in my veins. There's no, there's no lack in my blood. Now, if you go do a panel or what do they call it? A printout blood panel, I think, of your blood. It's going to come back with all these results. And it might say, well, your hormone levels are off. Your immune system is compromised. You're an anemic. Your cholesterol level is too high. Your blood sugar is too high. And it might even say, PT, you ate too many cookies last night. (laughs) And we can tell that. (laughs) Our blood reveals a lot about what's going on in our bodies and through a thorough investigation of the blood of Jesus it reveals every necessary ingredient that we need to live an overcoming victorious life if Jesus if there was a printout of his blood there would be no deficiency there would be no lack in any single area His blood speaks of several things. And these are just a few of them. We're going to cover probably three tonight. His blood speaks of cleansing power. His blood speaks of redeeming power. His blood speaks of remission. His blood speaks of reconciliation. His blood cries out, forgiven, forgiven. Forgiven. Hallelujah. His blood speaks of keeping power. We are kept by the blood of the Lamb. His blood speaks of emboldening power. We are bold because we're washed in the blood of the Lamb. And oh, you're going to like these. We'll cover these next week. His blood speaks of protecting power and overcoming power power hallelujah so let's jump in here tonight that was a a long introduction but you know we're following the holy ghost here we'll get as far as we can tonight the first one we want to talk about is the cleansing power look with me over at hebrews chapter 7 verse 27 hallelujah out of the amplified he has no day by day necessity as do each of these other high priests to offer sacrifice, first of all, for his own personal sins, and then for those of the people. Ooh, I like this. Because he met, everybody say this, all the requirements once for all, which he brought himself as a sacrifice, which he offered up. You know what Jesus did when he came out of hell? When he rose up from death, hell, and the grave, he took his own blood and he presented it in the holy of holies. And that blood forever cries out mercy. That blood forever cries out forgiveness. That blood forever cries out holy, 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 Holy is the blood. 
no other sacrifice was needed or will ever be needed. His blood is more than enough. Hallelujah. And Jesus, even though he, could, he operated as a rabbi and in a priestly ministry, he wasn't just, this isn't just saying he offered the blood of an animal like priests did. No, it says he is our high priest. And he offered his own blood. He met all the requirements. And his wonderful, precious blood will never, ever lose its power. He'll never, ever have to die again once and for all. The old account was settled long ago. <laughs> Woo! Glory to God. Once and for all, the sin issue is settled for those that will receive the supreme sacrifice. Amen. Thank God we don't have to offer up animals every time we miss it. Wouldn't that be awful? There'd be some people, you know, you go along for a couple of days and then you run into sister so-and-so at the market and it's, oh boy, back to the stockyards we go. Got to get myself another lamb I just got in stride. There might be some people that, you know, it's just such a challenge to stay in love. You know, maybe like, maybe roll, you might have to invest in the livestock business if you, if we had to continually offer sacrifices. You know what I mean? I'm getting tired of buying these. I gotta raise my own little lammies over here. But no, once and for all. Thank you, Jesus. Woo! We are cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. It is eternal redemption. I read this today, that our natural blood circulates every 23 seconds through our body. That's, that's a lot. Every 23 seconds. But His blood is continually circulating and cleansing us from all Woo! Everybody say, I'm redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And let's talk about redemption here for a few minutes. Before God ever created man, He knew that He was going to fall. God never has a oops moment. Why in the world did I create them? Look how they've messed up. No, nothing takes Him by surprise. He had a plan of redemption in place before Adam ever came on the scene. Hallelujah. He had a plan to redeem his man back. And he knew who would have to pay the price. In 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19, out of the New King James, knowing that you are not redeemed, with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition of your fathers. Think about the thousands of years that man tried to earn their redemption, tried through sacrifice, tried through right living, tried through keeping the Ten Commandments, but it was always just temporary. 
You can't earn your redemption through natural things. It is a spiritual thing that happens in our lives. In verse 19, it's not with corruptible things, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. His blood was not corruptible. His blood is a precious thing to the Father. And it's precious to us. And His blood continually speaks of our redemption. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. (laughs) I'm saying so. I'm redeemed. And I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. I'm redeemed from poverty. I'm redeemed from spiritual death. I'm redeemed from sickness and disease. I'm redeemed from oppression and depression. Let the redeemed say so. And on that same day when he took those stripes upon his back and his precious blood flowed out for our healing and they pierced his side and his blood flowed out for our redemption. On that very same day, it said they put that crown of thorns on his head and that represents he bore our mental torment. Let the redeemed say so. I'm redeemed from anxiety. I'm redeemed from mental torment. What he bore, I need not bear. Woo! His blood is more than more than enough. Redeemed literally means this. Bought back. It means this, the Redeemer pays a worthy price to reclaim something that was previously His. We belonged to God. He made man in His likeness and in His image. But because of Adam's transgression, we know that that relationship was severed. But God said, I'm not going to lose my man. I'm not going to lose my creation. I will find a price worthy to buy him back with. And he looked throughout heaven. And he looked at this angel. And he looked at this avenue. No, no, nope. That's not the most precious thing to me. To redeem man, I have to give my only begotten. I have to buy him back with the most precious thing that I had. Oh, folks, the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. And he came and he paid a debt. Another old song. I don't know if you know this one, P.T. He paid a debt. He did not owe. I owed a debt I could not pay. I needed someone to wash my sins away. And now I sing a brand new song, Amazing Grace. Jesus Christ paid the debt I could never pay. 
If, and if my sister Linda is watching, as she often is on Wednesday nights, she used to sing this song in our church as a special. I've got to tell you these words again. He paid a debt he did not owe. I owed a debt I could not pay. I needed someone to wash my sins away. And now I sing a brand new song. Has anybody got a brand new song in your heart? What is that brand new song? Amazing grace. Amazing grace. The love of Jesus is amazing. The sacrifice of God the Father given us His only begotten Son is amazing. If you ever feel like you're not valuable or you're not worthy. Think again. Oh, your value and your worth just by the fact that Jesus died for you. Woo, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. He provided his blood, that cleansing, that redeeming power. And then the last one that we want to look at here for a few moments is remission. Remission of sin. Hebrews 9, 22. And according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood. And without shedding of the blood, there is no remission. We've been already making that point. But remission of sin includes forgiveness. But it's much, much more than that. Remission, this is a good definition, also includes the cancellation of a penalty, the removal of guilt, the release of bondage and imprisonment. Guilt and condemnation are evil forces that the devil tries to use against the people of God. He tries to bring up the past. Oh, you did this, you did that, you're guilty. But we need to remember that the blood gives us remission. It has removed all guilt. It has released us from imprisonment. Now I want to tell you this wonderful story of redemption and remission. remission actually we've told this here but it's been several years ago some of you are familiar with Mark and Trina Hankins powerful couple for God they've been here in our church a few years back one of their grandsons by the name of Dylan was diagnosed with leukemia leukemia very aggressive leukemia given very uh, little hope very little time to live so they tried this treatment And I tried different treatments. They did the bone marrow transfer, uh, what is that, transplant, but it was still there. So they said it's going to require more than what we've done. It's going to require a different kind of a transplant, not just the bone marrow, but an infusion of a good donor's blood. So they had happened to have several siblings, and they tested all of them. And his older brother named Gavin was a perfect match. 
So they put Gavin in the hospital. And for four days, they took his blood and stored it up. Four days out of this little guy's body, where he was a little bit older, maybe a teenager, took his blood for four days. And then after four days, at the same time, Dylan was getting sicker and sicker, and they were doing all of this stuff with his blood. But after four days, then they decided they were going to put the good, healthy blood into Dylan. So you have the picture. The doctor explained. He said, we've got two things that can happen. Most of the time, he said, when there's cancer, people go into remission when the treatment has been effective. And that's good. He explained like this. If you had a terminal disease such as cancer, and the doctor said the cancer is now in remission, he means that the disease, the cancer, has become inactive and stopped progressing. And that's a good report. But you still are going to need a lot of checkups and all of this stuff to make sure that it doesn't show up again. But the doctor said... In the case of Dylan, we're going for another level of treatment. We are going for something called molecular remission. You can look it up. You know, you can Google all these things now. Molecular, (laughs) I get it right, remission. And this is what the doctor explained to them. This kind of treatment affects every molecule of your body. And it goes in so deep that when it is effective, there will be no sign, no evidence, not one unhealthy cell left to indicate that cancer was ever in Dylan's body. Woo! And he walked in, and Dylan was just young, maybe four years old. And he said, now, Dylan, I'm going to explain to you what's going to happen. He said, today, and this wasn't, I don't think the doctor was even a believer, but he said, Dylan, today we are going to tell sick, weak Dylan goodbye. After you receive Gavin's blood into your body, you're not going to be the same person. And then he told his parents, his DNA is going to completely change. He's now going to have his brother's DNA. And they said, be prepared. His hair color could change. His eye color could change. It can even affect his personality. He's going to be just like his brother, Gavin. He's going to take on his DNA. And Mark and Trina have been the grandparents. They were there through this process of Dylan receiving Gavin's blood into his body. And Trina explained it like this. She said they had his blood on a pole and it was shaped like a cross. And her and Mark stood there as that blood was going into his body. And they were saying, Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Dylan's body is being washed clean. 
cleansed of leukemia. And he is receiving and not going to reject. He's receiving his brother's healthy blood into every fiber of his being. If healthy blood of a donor can save a life and alter their DNA, what can we expect the blood of Jesus to do? Hallelujah! Woo! Hallelujah! Woo! It worked. I'm getting happy. I'm getting to that. After three weeks, they went in and did a bunch of tests on Dylan's body. And it revealed that his cells and his blood was now 100% Gavin's. Woo! No defective Dylan blood left in his body. And that's been several years, and that little boy is strong and healthy today. Hallelujah! Thank you, Lord. Woo! Glory be to God. <laughs> Woo! The blood of Jesus will alter a person's personality. The blood of Jesus will change every aspect of a person's body. Just look at this. Listen to this wonderful scripture, and then we're going to have to shout. Hebrews 9, 14 in the NLT. Just think. How much more the blood of Christ will purify our conscience from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God. For the power of the eternal spirit, Christ offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice. Woo! He found, God found the perfect donor. Woo! And his name is Jesus. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. Jesus' blood put your sins and your past into molecular remission. Woo! There's no evidence that it ever existed. Hallelujah. And when the devil tries to bring up your past, oh, my sebrakataha, you just remind him of his past and remind him and tell him and Mr. Devil, your future is not very bright either, but my future. <laughs> Woo! It's bright. Hallelujah. Once and for all. If he brings up all this garbage of what you did or how you acted, you need to tell the devil a bedtime story. A lot of bedtime story, because I read many of them in my day, start out with once upon a time. You tell the devil once upon a time. Woo! And once and for all, Jesus defeated you. Jesus whipped you. Hallelujah. I like something that Corey Tinboon said about sin and how the devil likes to bring all of this stuff up. God said, I throw through your sin into the sea of forgetfulness. 
And Corey Ten Boone said, and he put a sign there that said, no fishing. Woo! Don't go fishing for the past and don't let the devil bring it up. Mark Hankin said this, if the blood has the power to remove your sin from the mind of God, it has the power to remove your sin from your mind. Woo! We're not meditating on our shortcomings and what we've done. No, 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 no. We're meditating on what He has done. The devil loves to bring up our past. But just remember this. You're cleansed. You're redeemed. The blood of Jesus has put your past in remission. And when he tries to diminish your self-worth and your value, you just remind him, oh no, (laughs) I'm valuable and I'm precious. I'm valuable enough that Jesus shed his blood for me. Years ago, the Lord gave me this illustration. And I know in COVID and all that stuff, but I washed my hands real good. He gave me this illustration. I've got this $20 bill. Before I came in out up to the pulpit, I crumpled it all up. It's even got a little tear in the end of it. It doesn't look very good, but has it lost its value? Who still wants this $20 bill? I think Tony will spend it. (laughs) It didn't lose its value because of what it's been through. And I don't know if I'm talking to somebody in here or watching online or will watch later. You are valuable. And you are precious. And don't let the devil say because you've been through some stuff. Don't let him diminish your value. Oh, the blood. Oh, the blood. It gives me strength from day to day. It gives me strength to stand in my redemptive rights. It gives me strength to stand up and say, I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. You are priceless to Jesus. And so are the multitudes outside these walls. The message of love, forgiveness, mercy, and grace needs to be shouted to the world. They don't need to hear you're an old sinner. They already know they're an old sinner. They need to hear the goodness. They need to hear there's nothing that you have done that the blood of His precious Son won't wash away. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are called to bring hope, help, and healing the hurting humanity. As we close, and I think we'll probably spend a little bit of time in prayer, it's just 8.30, but let me read you the words. I wish I could sing. I would have sang you all these old hymns, but hopefully you're getting the effect. Andre Crouch's The Blood 
the blood that Jesus shed for me way back on Calvary. The blood that gives me strength. There's sustaining power. There's strengthening power in the blood. It gives me strength from day to day. It will never lose its power. And I love this line. It reaches to the highest mountain. We all love to have the mountaintop experience with God. It's wonderful to be on the mountain. But there's many times we're in the valley. It reaches to the highest mountain, but it also flows to the lowest valley. At the lowest times in your life, the blood will still flow there. Woo! And lift you up and strengthen you. Woo! It gives me strength from day to day. And it will never, never lose its power. Hallelujah. Let's all stand to our feet. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's just praise Him a little bit here. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the blood. Thank you for the cleansing, cleansing blood. Oh, not just for us. We here in this building, we already know that we are born again. But this same blood, it cleanses and it washes away the sin of those that have not yet heard the good news. Oh, Jesus, <laughs> make us instruments instruments of your glory. Oh, carriers, carriers of the good news. <laughs> Woo! Carriers of the good news to the masumbrata, to our friends and our family, to those in the sphere of our influence. Oh, Lord. And we, as your people, as we meditate these next couple of weeks on the power in the blood, as we think about what you did for us on the cross and in the resurrection. Lord, help us to expand in our hearts and to get beyond just, you know, it's for me, it's for me, and begin to give us utterance to pray, to pray for the lost and to pray for those who have not yet received this wonderful gift of salvation. Hallelujah.